1: Okay guys, we're gonna, walkies. We're gonna go walkies. And
0: we're Okay, come on, good boy. Hey, <laughs>
1: My name is Ger Philpott. I have Weimaraner dogs and I've been obsessed with them since childhood. Just past Cl- Clontark bus station garage and we're heading towards the wooden bridge to get onto the island and you can hear from Pondra in the back. She gets very excited as we're approaching and then as soon as we turn to go onto the bridge she'll wind fast up and he'll start barking and there'll be a cacophony of barks until we get to the car park. The view here is magnificent. It's like Dublin Bay and today it's beautiful. The water is all silvery, lit by the sun. Currently I have three dogs, uh, one male and two females. I have weather-themed names for my dogs. So Frost is my boy, Drizzle and Thunder are my girls. I plan to mate Frost to Thunder. That would be my ninth litter. Okay, guys, we're here. Calm down. There's no doubt about this. I mean, these animals are my family. They're part of my family. There are other people in my family as well, but these are the animals in my family. And, um, you know, they're, they're prior to place. They're centre stage and they're involved. For me, you don't own a dog that lives in the backyard or garden all the time and lives outside. For me, the dogs are an integral part of the house. And I do things with the dogs that kind of develop their natural instincts and encourage those instincts and develop those instincts. But that said, they're hunting dogs. They do all of those things, but they like nothing better than curling up on the sofa on an evening in front of the fire or when you're watching TV or in the garden. If you're out there eating of a summer's evening. Um, So, yeah, they're they're usually important to my life. Um, I chose to have them. Therefore, I'm the one responsible for keeping them in tip top form, tip top shape and tip-top help. OK, guys, on you go. I think when you drive from the coast road onto the wooden bridge to, to the island itself, it is, like, heart-lifting. It's wonderful. Even if it's raining or cloudy or it's bright and sunny, it would just, like, you know, lift your heart. So I think from that point of view, psychologically, there's a huge benefit for me to get that. Also, I mean, I'm walking. They're running. They're getting about maybe... Sit between 5 and 10k exercise, I'm getting about like 4 to 5k walking every day. Do you know, it's like you switch off, you can think of things. It's, it's almost like walking meditation in a way. Okay, they're rushing out now. So they stop and turn around and come back immediately. Good girls, well done. Good boy, Frost. It's important that, they've, that I'm the master, if you like. I'm the pack leader, so they have to obey me. Um, but it's done in a way that's kind of um, it's like positive reinforcement they're delighted to come back to me because I praise them and they think yeah wonderful and then they go off again they're in their element out here um, they just love it and it's also really for me it's wonderful to be able to see them do what they're supposed to do a lot of dogs don't get that opportunity necessarily they're, they're really fit, and you know they're well muscled, and all that kind of stuff. There are lots of rabbit scents and other scents around here, and they kind of because they're gun dogs. Essentially, they're a life support machine for a nose. This is what they're meant to do. So you're encouraging their natural instincts and in developing them. Good boy, well done. It's funny they. I mean, they all just play similar Weimaraner characteristics. But then at the same time they have distinct personalities. Frost is really chilled. From the day he was born he was a chilled dog. You could see him really comfortable in his own skin. He doesn't need reassurance but he's really good company. He can, can, hangs around, he watches, he observes. Whereas Drizzle is more kind of lively and is more watchful of things and you can see her responding. Whereas Frost would observe almost silently and sort of the things would sink in. Thunder, on the other hand, is um, she would be the the mad member of the family in a way. She's very energetic, still very puppyish, and she's really enthusiastic and she wants to be in everything and she moves around and responds to every noise and sound. So yeah, they're they're very different, um, and how they how they behave in the, in the evening around the house and you're with them and stuff as well. You know, Frost comes along and sits down with you for a while. He'll go off. He's happy with that, but Thunder will wiggle her way right up to my shoulder when I'm watching TV or reading or whatever on the sofa and she needs to be close to her dad and she and um, Drizzle do a sort of a musical chair trying to get closest to me over the course of an evening but yeah you end up in a tangle of Weimaraners in the evenings watching TV or reading So i give him a splash of water now so he can have a little drink Okay in the car Good boy The Weimarana breed originated in Bavaria in eastern Germany in the Weimar Republic. On a nobleman's estate, he had developed this type of dog for hunting specifically. He produced this grey hunting dog that is the Weimarana we know today. And they were originally confined to his estate only. And gradually then the, the breed became more and more popular and they spread worldwide. I suppose the best way to describe a Weimaraner would be that they're the the athlete of gun dogs. They're very um, muscular, sleek, elegant animals. They're very um, energetic. They're a silver gray color and have a very shiny, glossy coat if they're in good condition. I mean, a, a lot of people might know them. They've appeared in Kate Bush videos, in New Order videos. About two years ago, Brunt Thomas used a dog that I bred in one of their um, loyalty card adverts for their um, credit card for the Brunt Thomas store. I I suffer from a disease known as pedigree in the dog world, so I do a lot of research on older pedigrees and dogs. I see myself as a custodian of this breed, and when I would choose a dog or come to choose a dog for mating to one of my bitches I would actually um, spend a lot of time researching the dogs behind the dogs. So I've I've established what you would call a line in dog terms so you know the, you, you breed dogs that you have bred before to other dogs and you try and build it? Okay it's, it's now the middle of June and um, Punder is um, coming into season in about Anytime over the next week or two. So I'm going to mate her to frost my boy here and they'll have gorgeous puppies, won't she? Towards the end of the summer. This is a mating that I've always wanted to do and I would keep a puppy from this because what it does is it ties together all of my bloodlines. That I've been kind of building down the years into my strain of Amarners. So it's funny, yesterday I was watching them and Frost was walking by, and he suddenly like got a whiff of plunder. So there was obviously some kind of nice smell to suggest that she's coming into season. And Frost was like suddenly they bing on his toes. So they had a, a mad kind of half-hour flirting with each other, much to Drizzle's annoyance, as so she sat there brooding, thinking like, hmm. <laughs> Thunder has been in season for about two weeks now. It's the 17th of July, so I'm mating frost on thunder today. And uh, hopefully, 62 days later, i have a lovely litter of puppies. He'll now start flirting with her and, like, he lick her ears and it's kind of like he'll nudge against her. It's kind of, it's, I guess it's kind of Kenyan foreplay. For the want of a better description. He's very eager and he wants to mount her immediately. She hasn't been mated before, so she hasn't any real idea as to what's going on. But he is mad, mad eager. So I'm going to hold her mad so she doesn't turn and bite him. She puts her tail to the side when she relaxes. Good girl, good girl, that's it. And then make sure he goes into the right orifice. Incredible, like 24 hours ago he wasn't interested in her at all. But obviously the hormones are right and she's released the right scent, so he's off like a boil, as we say. Good boy. It's hard work fast, isn't it? Who knew having puppies would be so hard? It's a hot day. I'm sweating. <laughs> good boy. Good girl. Yeah. It's nearly there. Good girl. Success. Yeah. He's tired now. And he's thrusting quite enthusiastically. He's just about good girl. Good girl. Very good. So he's going to finish now and he wants to throw his leg over. And stuff. stop. So what i do is i throw his back leg over. Now they're both facing rear end to rear end. And I'm supporting her under her belly. and came under his belly and he'll try and reposition himself to get comfortable. So now what I'll do is I'll keep them joined like this so they won't pull apart from each other. They will migrate around. It'll be like a sort of merry dance, if you like, around the garden a bit. Um, once they're in like this, it's, it's good news. Generally they can tie for... 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. The gestation period for dogs is 62 days, so I would assume from today that the puppies would be expected sometime between the 18th of September and the 22nd of September. i made them one more time in two days' time again. You're a good boy. You're a very good boy. You didn't give up, did you? You persevered. Well done. Good boy. When she was born, I figured, OK, I will mate her to frost when she's old enough. So this mating has been planned for, anticipated for at least almost seven, eight years ago, I was thinking about this mating and you not know, today on the the 17th of July, 2013, the mating has taken place. Now, it's always a question of a genetic dice throw when you mate dogs. So hopefully I think their qualities and their characteristics will complement each other very, very well but um, we shall see what nature has decided. It's funny, because I remember the first time I would have seen this as when I was a little boy, because we had a sheepdog, and my dad bred her um, a few times, and we'd see this, the tie happening. Um, and I think it was kind of a way of them introducing us to kind of you know, the facts of life when you see the dogs do it, and then the puppies arrive, and it made their job easier. When I was 13, I was told that I could have a pedigree dog for my birthday. So I set off and went to the city library in Cork where I grew up and researched all the pedigree dog books. There was a dog in the Man From U.N.C.L.E. comics which looked very much like a Weimaraner. And I was completely taken with those comics as a kid as well. So I think that was my first introduction to a Weimaraner. And um, So anyway, I narrowed the choice down to Weimaraners or a Scottish Terrier because there was a woman who lived up the street who was a piano teacher and she had a Scottish Terrier. And so I thought that I would get a Weimaraner for my 13th birthday but in fact when I arrived on the day of my birthday I was given a Scottish Terrier. And obviously then grew up, went to school, university, went abroad for a while and when I was living in America, Weimaraners were very popular there and I saw lots of them when I lived in California and in New York. So when I returned to Ireland at the the beginning of the 90s I was walking on Bull Island on the beach there one day thinking it's time to get a dog and I began to think about a Weimaraner and literally, coincidentally, a Weimaraner jumped off the dunes and ran right into the water in front of me and I was with some friends and I said, this is incredible I was just thinking I should get a Weimaraner dog so I took it as a gnomon and then I said about um, researching and um, I got my first puppy from Belfast in fact and um, I called him Casper and he was... um, I suppose, looking back, I made all my mistakes with him because I didn't train him properly from the outset and he was quite a a strong-willed dog. So he kind of ruled the roost in terms of... He was, like, ill-mannered in terms of, you know, table manners and house manners. But he was adorable at the same time. And there were lots of stories with him. He was like a runaway dog. He used to climb out of the, the back garden during the daytime when I was at work and yet would be back in again when I returned from work. And often I had to rescue him from the police station and they were so used to him being found in the street, they would have him in a cell with a a tin of dog food and a bowl of water waiting for me to collect him after work. We're at the National Showgrounds in Cloughran, near the airport, it's owned by the Irish Kennel Club, and today the show is being hosted and put on by the Hibernian Canine Society, I'm judging Group Seven breeds today: um, Irish Setters, German Short-haired Pointers, German Wire-haired Pointers, and Hungarian Vizslas.
0: Hi,
1: first. I began showing dogs in the early 70s, and that was my first foray into the dog show world. And I remember growing up in Cork, there was a regular dog column in, I can't remember which of the Cork papers, and they used to talk about them, and it was called A Green Star the prize You're Given, and I was thinking, I can't wait to win a green star, it would be fantastic. And what's amazing now is that, like all these years later, I'm now awarding green stars. I suppose if you want something badly enough, you'll find it one way or the other. There's quite a bit of a social atmosphere and um, people are quite friendly with each other but it's deadly serious at the same time and people are wickedly competitive in terms of with their dog doing well and there's a lot of rivalry and begrudgery I suppose but also there's a lot of camaraderie so it's, it all melts down to being a good day's out. Hi, oh, Jesus, hello there. How are you? i nearly want to be introduced to you. It's <laughs> a <laughs> oh, long since I saw you. Yeah, I've been here since before Christmas. No, How are you? I'm standing up. I'll see you later. <laughs> it's good fun. It's kind of mad. I mean, I think the film Best and Show captured the dog world brilliantly. There are lots of kind of strange and wonderful, and not so wonderful personalities in in the dog world, which is kind of has to be seen to be believed sometimes. <laughs> well, well done! I was delighted to make her up today. Anyway, thank
0: you. Okay. Um, yeah, I have ten Irish setters. We all live in the house. <laughs> yeah, I take seven <laughs> to, to bed with me as well. I've always been an animal lover, haven't I? From from I was a baby. Yeah. I thought
1: she was beautiful.
0: Yeah, I thought you might like her. So thank you very much.
1: Pleasure.
0: Thank you. See you. Bye.
1: I mean, I suppose the thing is with dog shows is whether you win or not on the day, everybody takes their best dog home. And I think that's the kind of attitude to approach dog showing with. That, you know, if somebody doesn't like your dog on the day, you know, suck it up, leave it there and move on because you still take the best dog home. So it's the 6th of September and uh, the mating of Frost and Thunder was successful. And in about two weeks' time, Thunder's puppies will be due any time from the seventeenth of September to the twenty-first or thereabouts is when they're due. It's been interesting watching Thunder over the weeks as you know the pregnancy has progressed because her behaviour had changed. You know you could tend to see her sort of perhaps minding herself more, not being as kind of you know like mad dashing around the fields and stuff like that. When the litter is born, I leave um, Lyric FM. Twenty-four-seven in the room with them, so they hear—if you like classical music, different types of music, which have different sounds, that could be a brass section or something like that—and they're used to unexpected noises then, and they become less nervous to unusual noises. So it's very good for socialization purposes. So we're at our kind of Temple Bar haunt for breakfast. From after walking around town and the river, I used to stop off here. And I get my hot chocolate, and they get a slice of brown toast with butter and attract all the tourists. Sit, wait. Thank you. Three slices of brown toast. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. for me? Yes, for the dogs. For the dogs.
0: Last day today. We fly this afternoon.
1: See, drilling already. See, sit
0: butter? Yes.
1: Butter, yes, of course. Only the best.
0: Only the best. Kerry
1: goat Irish butter.
0: You think it's the best uh, bread and butter for dogs?
1: It's an occasional treat.
0: Ah, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Just at the weekend. <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> have a good time.
1: You two have a nice bike back. <laughs> it's funny also the kind of tourists that you see in town. German people, Scandinavian people, Italian people love the dogs. French people, hit or miss, they're not really that fussy. A lot of... Oriental people, Asian people don't like the dogs at all but then you get a group of Japanese people who absolutely adore them Sit, Frost Sit Good Wait I feed them essentially a raw diet so they wouldn't get this very often but it's just a weekend treat and it's like parents. And the butter is good for them anyway It's like dairy, it's got oils and stuff like that So Well that's the toast them for today They've had breakfast already They've had their raw chicken wings and I'll head onto the butcher's shortly to get another stack of food but today I'm going to get Thunder. Ponder, sit down. She's just been looking at the window washer walking by with his bucket and mop and she's thinking, hmm, could I play with that? There's a dog passing by now and Ponder, as usual, will bark. Thunder, Thunder, sit down. Okay, can we sit down again now and calm down, Ponder, you in particular? Sit. I bring for usually Frost to the Gay Pride Parade every year in Dublin and meet my friends and we hang out and it's a great party and afterwards, usually behind the front lounge there's a big gathering and people, the streets are lined and there's a real party atmosphere so I go there and Frost is renamed on the day to date space and friends will come by and say, can I borrow the dog for a second? And they'll walk down past somebody they fancy, and the person kind of goes, oh, your dog's really nice, or whatever, and they have a chat. And so all my friends come back with all these numbers for kind of potential dates. Meanwhile, they're using my dog as the date bait. So I think I have to kind of get in on that act at some stage myself. It's not my purpose for having the dogs. If it happens, hey, how bad? <laughs> if I go to Henry Street or even Grafton Street, it is hilarious. The amount of people that sort of you know, just make a beeline. You can see the people stopping in picking you out and sort of like gesturing saying is it okay to come to your dog and then they come and they hang out and the dogs adore it sit let's see where they go with the violin music here now if they like this <laughs> They're called by Maraners. How old? How old? Um, Frost is seven. Drizzle is five and is four.
0: You, beautiful. Pets, big babies. Big babies exactly. They look like big babies. We have a Hello. big husky at home.
1: Oh, great. And,
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're big babies, aren't they? Seriously. Beautiful colour. Thank you. Beautiful colour. Bye-bye. Bye. On, guys. This is where all your food comes from.
1: Stephen. Oh, oh, yes. yes. Do you have any pork bones? Yes. Could I have do you have three or two? Mm-hmm. Two with yep. Will you chop the handles off for me? Yeah, no problem. Finally, we're in the butcher shop. But, yeah. <laughs> I think they're in heaven <laughs> now. Thanks very much. Uh, this is the bag of food now. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> They're
1: called Moraners. What about me, I'm lovely too, aren't I? What about me, I'm lovely too, aren't I? Nobody notices me, it's all the dogs. <laughs> She is looking large, but again, it's hard to predict. I mean, I imagine she, she will have a multiple birth. I'd say probably six or seven. We'll see what happens on the day. There are a few people who have their names on waiting lists for puppies. So I've kind of like theoretically committed to five to six puppies. You know, I want to vet the people properly. And I've done this before and I do what I call the adoption interview. I mean, once there was um, people bought a puppy for me and it transpired, that the puppy came back subsequently, and it transpired that marriage was in difficulty and the puppy was like a band-aid pat on their marriage. I didn't realise that at the time. So now when people come, I actually ask them if their relationship is secure and sound and solid because it just saves me the hassle. And it's not just hassle, but also you don't want the dog messed around. So you, you become almost like a social worker where you can ask, you have, you give yourself permission to ask these questions in a nice way of people. And I think that when they... Here you ask the question, and you explain why you are asking. I think they probably appreciate the fact that they are being asked as well, because they they know that the welfare of the dog is being is, is uppermost in all our minds, basically. You know, they know that this is a commitment that's going to last for you know twelve, thirteen, fourteen years, perhaps, and they have to be careful with that. And they have to, you have to be assured that they will live up to that responsibility. So, yeah, I take it quite seriously from that point of view. I've had two phone calls from people, um, and. Um, I didn't like the sound of them. There's just something about their manner, their attitude. Like whilst I was polite to them, I know they won't come within an ass's roar of my my dogs and my puppies. I just wouldn't be happy. You get a gut reaction when you're talking to people. And the suspicion for me would be that perhaps they're potential puppy farmers. So when it it comes close to... um, what they call whelping, the delivery of the puppies. You make a whelping box which is made to specific specifications and dimensions and what it does is it gives the bitch a safe environment but also it contains her and there are safety areas within that box so when the young puppies are born, when they're a couple of hours old to a few days old you protect the the bitch from lying on them and squashing them because they can huddle under that so they won't be jammed against the corners. So what I have here is the... um the makings of the whelping box and the materials cut to size. Okay, make sure it's all line and square because you know there's got to be an aesthetic dimension to this as well. She can lie out here very easily, but also she can lean back against the, the wall and, in a sense, almost push against that when she's in labor. Actually, seeing the whelping box now, I'm quite, quite excited. Um, it, it's just amazing the whole process of how they have puppies. And also watching the other dogs, because I think she obviously gives off a certain scent and aroma now as well. So they can probably sense that she's carrying puppies as well. But it's been nearly five years since I had a litter puppy, So in some respects, it's kind of like thinking, oh, my God, what's going on? She'll be in a customised whelping box at the side of the bed in the bedroom. I'm so looking forward to it. It's now just ten past eight and a few minutes ago we were having dinner downstairs and Thundra became very, very restless and suddenly her waters broke. So we're upstairs now with a whelping box in the bedroom Um her contractions are coming fairly strongly now and it looks like the puppy should be born pretty soon waiting game I guess and it's kind of anxious and it's because it's her first litter I'm concerned that she doesn't have any kind of trauma or undue stress So it's what they would class as a breach by end of the legs and the tail first. Good that push? I would prefer people coming up more quickly than this, but I'm holding on to the legs here and as she pushes I can kind of assist. Good girl, well done. Yeah, you're getting there. Go on, one more. i the sack off the puppy and I'm trying to see that it's alive. We so loud the puppy could be in distress. Good puppy. Good puppy. Tanji Come on sweetheart. Look at puppy. Look at puppy. Good puppy. Good puppy. Come on, come on, come on. So usually her licking will kind of massage the puppy into, into life. She's like, you, no, that's good. Yeah, it's moving, see? It's breathing now, it's good, it's kind of moving around. It's now coming up to nearly four hours. It's about ten minutes short of um, four hours since the first puppy was born. And also there were signs that the other puppy's on the way. The second puppy, it hasn't emerged yet, and... Thunder doesn't seem to be in distress. I mean, she was sleeping for a while. I'm knackered. I feel quite tired and, um, but obviously, you know, I'm going to stay awake and supervise things. Um, Yeah, I'm pleased. I mean, if it was just one puppy, that would be great, but clearly there are more puppies inside her. So it's going to be a long, a long delivery process, clearly. Well done, good girl, here it is. The legs on the tail are there but it's not coming fast enough. And then I'm waiting for her next contraction to push down. when she bears down, good, good, good. There's more of it coming out now, good. It's kind of hurting her obviously, good girl. Good girl, yeah, yeah, well done. Yeah, good girl, good girl, well done. Good girl, nearly there, come on, good girl. Good girl,
0: come on, good girl, good girl, well done. I know,
1: I know, good girl,
0: good girl,
1: good girl, good girl, good girl,
0: good girl, sorry,
1: good girl, good girl, well done, it's all done. Again, the sack is around the head. It's a big boy puppy. So, again, we'll see if we can get him to breathe. So make sure his mouth is clear the air passage and it seems to be, the tongue is there, that's good but look at the size of him, that's why he was so hurtful, come on sweetheart doesn't seem to be responsive, but if she keeps on licking him she might be able to encourage that it would be a shame if this guy doesn't come around so it's five hours after the last one. You could just be stunned having been, you know, he could have been too long in there, maybe. Doesn't look good for this boy. It's a shame, such a nice boy. If you look at him, he's about twice the size of her. He's getting cold back here now, but he'd be warm because he was in her body. see if I could give him a kiss of life to see if that would work yeah I think this poor boy is lost sadly he's definitely gone shame Zephyr was born at 21.35 precisely last evening so this very minute in time, just after two o'clock, it's like, I don't know, that's 21, two hours, 14, nearly 16 hours old. I'm in the bedroom next to the whelping box with Thunder and her one puppy, the girl, the firstborn. Um, The secondborn puppy, the the male puppy, was very large and it was a breech birth, so he he suffocated and consequently and sadly was stillborn. I've just come back from the vets. I brought Thunder um, to be x-rayed just to make sure that there are no more puppies inside stuck. And there aren't. So there were two puppies involved in total. So we're now at the happy situation of having um, a hale and healthy puppy who's thriving. And it's a girl puppy. Choice is removed from my hand. And I have one girl. So she's the girl who'll stay. And we've called her Zephyr. Zephyr meaning gentle breeze. I thought it has a nice sound to it. Um, the the ness of it. I'm content that they're content now. It's good. Last night was very anxious um, and she was in quite a lot of stress. And then the fact that the puppy was dead, you know, was kind of traumatic for her and for me. The puppy's musculature isn't strong enough at this stage. But it's funny now, she's just attaching herself very quickly to the teeth again. She knows exactly where to go. So when she suckles, she's obviously making an effort, so she's tired then. So she finds a little nook and cranny, like the crook of an elbow or of a paw or an ankle, and just rests. But also the contact is important. And again, she will scent her mother. So that creates a bond and reinforces the bond. So it's very soothing, very comforting. And it's also a, a joy to watch. Obviously the first 48 hours are kind of critical and you're kind of observing and watching. Zephyr is thriving and she's put on two ounces um, since last evening because I weighed her at lunchtime. And you can even see it, her movement is stronger. Everything is kind of delightful about her. We love her. I mean, it is like watching uh, a David Attenborough wildlife programme in close proximity, like in high definition, in your own living room. It's um, pretty amazing she'll be spoiled watching. and she'll also get on brilliantly with the other dogs you know I'll supervise their bonding with her initially but then they'll just hang out together and then I think Frost thinks his job is done helping her to come into the world so everything was going really well yesterday with the, the puppy and Thunder she was being a very good mum and the puppy was being very active and feeding and sleeping which is what they normally do But last night in the the early hours, I realised, I noticed that um, Thunder was carrying the puppy around in her mouth quite a lot and acting a bit sort of distressed. Now, I put it down at the time to the fact that she had too much attention to give the puppy and she was just being fussy. They settled down. Obviously, I got them to settle down. I dozed off. And then I heard some the puppy sort of crying and I noticed that she was outside the whelping box on the ground And Thunder was very distressed, and I was kind of wondering why she didn't pick her up. So I actually sat in the well-being box with them, and Thunder was calm then, and then I was trying to get the puppy to feed. And she was feeding, but not as enthusiastically as she had been yesterday and previously. So I was a tad concerned about that. I noticed she was a little bit cold, so I replenished the hot water bottle and put that in with her, and that seemed to kind of, you know, get things going. And then this morning early again, I noticed that she was kind of not inclined to feed and again, Tonda was distressed, so put her onto the teeth and, you know, got her some of her mum's milk and that seemed to kind of revive her somewhat. So I thought, you know, maybe it was just a kind of lull and she'd be fine. But then at around mid-morning, I noticed that she was kind of, you know, still a bit lethargic and felt a bit cool. So I brought her to the vet and the vet gave her an antibiotic she took her temperature and she was at 36 and she should have been just over the 37. So then shortly after lunch, I realised that she was incredibly lethargic and thought that her breath was very, very faint. So I tried to massage her heart and to give her mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. And I got a little response. But despite my best efforts, um, it wasn't working. And, and sadly, she's um, passed away. You know, she's died. Um, which is very sad and traumatic I mean I'm still really happy that Thunder is healthy, so that's important but um, you know you kind of go through all the plans and the, you know the meeting happens the dogs are healthy, she carries the puppies to full term and then this happens and it's, it's disappointing um, I mean a human life hasn't been lost it's just an animal life but they're important to me and you know I'm very very sad it's a shame so here we are but she was a strong little fighter and she was kind of full of beans all day yesterday and I thought like great and you know I was keeping my fingers crossed because as as I say the first 48 hours is um crucial you know I'm quite close to tears it's you know I did everything I could to try and save her and you kind of chalk it down and you, you get on with things and, you know, Thunder's happy, the other dogs are happy, they're healthy, so, um, you know, you've got to do this little girl, dignify her with it. a suitable time and period of mourning, I suppose, but yeah, I mean, there would be other puppies and, um, you know, life goes on and all that kind of stuff, but it's just like, it's a pain in the neck. And I suppose for me the thing now is that sort of it wasn't about having the puppy. It was like earlier today it was about like trying to save her, and then obviously that would mean I would have the puppy. But it was kind of more to do with that in ways than the thing of like possessing a puppy. It was more about saving her life, and um, clearly that didn't happen. Okay guys, I'm good.